Dynasties know that every player counts. To build a championship team with a deep bench, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. We know at Baseball America, we've got a job posting going up. Where are we going to put it? Of course, it's going to be Indeed. And Indeed has the screening assessments that can help the cream rise to the top. You can select for the skills that matter. With Indeed assessments, you can pick from over 100 skills tests and add them to your job post. That way, you can find candidates with the right skills fast. Join over the 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash Baseball America to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. J.J. Cooper, Jeff Fox here, Baseball America, Prospect Podcast, Winter Meetings Podcast, Rule 5 Review Podcast, probably most importantly. <laughs> Jeff, I mean, guys, everyone listening, we'll just preface by saying we're coming down off the adrenaline high of the Rule 5 draft. It's been a long and very enjoyable winter meetings. We are both pretty gassed. We're in a hotel room, so the sound's not going to be as good as normal. But that said, Jeff, this was your first winter meeting. It was. This was your first in-person Rule 5 draft. Mm. Did it live up to your expectations, hopes, and dreams? Yeah. You know, funny enough, um, I would say, first off, winter meetings, uh, it's been an incredible experience. Um, And I think the thing that's really was most enjoyable for me um, is you were able to sort of touch on a variety of um, sort of sub-genres in the baseball world, whether it's major league stuff, free agent signings, trades, obviously all the minor league stuff, the Rule 5 draft, everything we've done there, but also the WBC, which, you know, walking around uh, in that kickoff event yesterday, talking to all the different managers, that was really interesting. And I think you push it with some of the, the teams in South America and Caribbean, just the amount of passion that they have um, for playing for their country, representing their country, and showcasing some of the talent that they have. That was really interesting. By draft. You left um, out, by the way, draft lottery, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about the, the draft lottery. It was there for the, uh, the, uh, inaugural, the, unveiling. Yes, the unveiling, the inaugural uh, draft lottery. You were actually uh, in the room that was very with, cool. with, with the picks that were out, excuse me, with the lottery as it was actually being done. The ping pong balls. The ping pong balls, exactly. You were there for the actual uh, pulling, which doesn't happen live on TV. I learned that for the first time. Magic of television there. You know, they don't the want to be on to live TV and have something break and then be like, oh, excuse us, we'll be back. Yes, it's not rigged at all, right? <laughs> it's not rigged. I can, I can, I can say. I'm saying if it broke, if it broke, right. that's what people would they say. Actually, the funny thing is, is in that room, they spelled out, like, if the machine breaks, we have a manual process to pick ping pong balls. If the machine breaks midway through a four-digit selection, four ping pong ball selection, we will accept the balls that came through first Hmm. and then manually select the rest. They, like, had this 
puppy covered. If a power outage occurs, we have a way to deal with it. (laughs) They had a backup ping pong ball machine if the first one broke. They shipped two of them. Wow. I digress. Anyway, uh, then the Rule 5 draft, I think the thing, you know, it's obviously a lot of fun. We had put a ton of work into it. Uh, We got 10 out of 15 picks, but I'll say there were... There were two picks, particularly one we'll talk about in a little bit, that I don't think we would have gotten. Frankly. We could, we would have had to write up every player in the Rule 5 draft to have gotten that player almost. I'm not, not even not sure. Not because the attributes are not very good. No, just because, because so far off the radar. Yeah, we'll get to We'll why. get to that in a minute. Yeah. But I think the thing that shocked me was the amount of people that were in the room. And it was actually at capacity, the Rule 5 draft in that room. So I don't know if that's typical. Or yeah. this year, there's just the Rule 5 fever is caught up. 2 p.m. local time, 5 p.m. Eastern, appears to be a better time for getting people to turn out for it than 9 a.m. local time, wherever we are. You know, it's usually first thing in the morning. Like, I grab a quick breakfast and yeah. get get there. Today, it was mid-afternoon. Got mm. some lunch. We got some really good tacos. We did. And then we, we always do. At, and I mean, I always do. I'm on a, I've had tacos or burritos for every meal in San Diego, <laughs> and I'm happy to say that that's true. But, um, no, it was more crowded today than I ever remember being. Often crowded, but today was mm, packed. amazingly packed. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I would say that's what stuck out to me. Um, just my first experience at the winter meetings, first rule five draft and the inaugural, uh, draft lottery. So, kind of some interesting stuff. A lot of interesting stuff. I will put in the plug if you haven't been to BaseballAmerica.com and you're listening to this. Okay, uh, that that's kind of a weird, pack, you know. I know there are some podcast listeners probably don't, but go check it out. <laughs> we have a mock draft that went up with the uh, right after the draft lottery was over. How we project how the first uh, every pick in the first round will go with analysis for each pick. Obviously, it's far away, but that's useful. Uh, the Rule Five Draft we have you know, we, it previewed a hundred players with full write-ups. I think it was 14, 13, 14,000 words. Made mm-hmm. that a little daunting. We organized it by, you know, position. And then now we have done scouting reports at baseballmarket.com. Jeff has of every player taken the major league phase, mm-hmm. 10 intriguing minor league rule five picks. I broke down uh, one of the most intriguing picks. Kyle wrote a story breaking down the entire, like explaining the entire, how the draft went mm-hmm. and all that at baseballmarket.com. But, we do want to give some analysis on the Rule 5 draft here. And so, Jeff, I will I will kick it off with you. Who is a player who was taken – you can go minor league phase for this, but I'm going to go – I'm going to just wager that you're probably going to pick the major league phase. Those sure. are the players who generally have more of an impact. But who is a player taken in the Rule 5 draft today that you think fans may have a reason to pay attention to and may be remembering next year as, as the season goes on. Sure. Um, well, you know, I think, I think uh, number one, I've talked about Ryan Noda quite a bit. I yeah. don't think I need to go down that path again. But I think, by the way, kudos to you. Like, hey, I, let me I, just say, I feel, I'm going to brag on vindicated. Jeff. I'm going to brag on Jeff here. Two guys, and again, these were two of the more, most prominent guys in the draft, but mm-hmm. one, two, were Thad Ward, Ryan Noda, trust me, listeners to this. I've heard a lot about Thad Ward and Ryan Noda from Jeff over the last several weeks. So he was definitely very much on those guys. But we won't talk about them today. You've covered them. So who do you want to cover instead? Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, this uh, Cardinals pick because I think it's really interesting. Um, 
Wilking Rodriguez, uh, he had pitched with, I believe, the Royals in the major leagues, and I think the Yankees as well, had been part of the Yankees organization, had been pitching, pitching down in Mexico in 2014. And uh, I think he had a PED suspension at one point back, and that's initially what sent him down to Mexico. Been out for a while. Cardinals, I asked Mike Gersh about the pick uh, after the Rule 5. Um, you know, and he had said that they were on Rodriguez. He was a guy that they wanted to sign uh, during the Mexican uh, League season. And the Mexican League team was trying to win, so that was not going to happen. Um, after that season ended, the Yankees ended up signing him. And when they realized they had an opportunity to take him here in the Rule 5, um, they jumped all over it because this guy is sitting 97, 19, 14 inches of IDB, um, mixes a, a nice two-plane breaker on the lower 80s, um, and uh, mixes a splitter as well. But it's a really interesting, powerful pitch mix that uh, I think could potentially play out of a major league bullpen now. Um, kudos to the Cardinals for kind of doing something I think a little bit different and potentially finding a player that really could contribute next year. And it's really no risk. I mean, like, it is effectively it's a hundred thousand dollars but effectively 50 because well it's probably 50 if it doesn't work out because if you don't decide to keep the player you have to put up on waivers at that point any other team can claim the player and accept the rule five responsibility so someone can claim him and he remains a rule five pick but if no one claims him he then has to be offered back to the original team so in this case the yankees but if the Yankees say yes, we'll take them back, then you get fifty thousand of your hundred thousand back. So essentially, it's a fifty thousand dollar gamble. That's a pretty low cost gamble in a world where we have seen multiple two hundred plus million dollar contracts recently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know I think that uh, it's one of those things where you know if you can get a guy like this, and even if you get a good year or two out of him, um, and hey, he comes in the sixth inning and can throw some smoke when you need it. I don't think there's anything so bad about that. So I think it was an interesting you know uh, risk that they took. But uh, kudos to them for finding a player that we couldn't possibly have picked, I don't think. Uh, that's the one we were saying. We were saying earlier that we don't know. I think 13 out of 15 would have been the best we could have done about getting all the picks. Yeah. Wilking Rodriguez is the one. You could go 14 out of 15. And that if, if I had thought about it really hard, we may have could have gotten the other one that was missing that I think is really hard to get. Wilking Rodriguez, I don't have any scenario other than if we were scouring our Mexican league contacts and they're like, Hey, there's this pitcher who was here this year is really good. Signed with the Yankees. And I don't think they put him on a triple a roster. That's a hard ass. So I don't think we were going to ever get that one. But the other one who was a very unconventional pick like Wilkin Rodriguez, that I think also is a very intriguing one that I want to talk about is a red sock who is now a Philly, but we'll do that right after this quick break. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we're back. So, Wilkin Rodriguez is the most unusual pick of this pick, I would draft, I'd say, because he hasn't played in the States in many a year. But... The Phillies selected Noah Song, right-hander from the Red Sox, who, in his case, he basically hasn't really played. He played a little bit in 2019 with Salem, uh, sorry, Lowell, in the uh, short-season New York Penn League, a league that no longer exists. Also pitched a little bit for Team USA in an uh, Olympic qualifier. And that's it. Uh, he had Navy, it's got, that's the extent of his professional career. Pitched well, very well at Navy before that. 
but he hasn't pitched throws 2020, 21, 22. He has not pitched. There is no guarantee that he will pitch in 2023. He is currently training as a naval aviator uh, with the Navy, and he has a service commitment. And there is no, at least the Phillies, Dave, talking to Dave Dombrowski, he has no clarity on when the you know, song will be available to pitch. So why would they take him then? Well, the thing about it is, is that Noah Song, everyone kind of said, like, this was a first-round talent if you took the the military service commitment off the board. Red Sox were able to get him later because of the military service commitment. But this is kind of even a more low-cost way to acquire a potentially significant talent, which is, so Noah Song, whenever he does return, until that point, he is not having to sit on the Phillies 40-man roster. He is on the military service list, which does not count to the 40-man roster. Now, I want to stop for a second. Jeff did the reporting on this also. What that? So you could ask the question, well, why didn't the Red Sox put him on the 40-man and then put him on the military service roster, service list roster? And they could have. But that would have meant they would have had to clear a roster spot on the 40-man to put him there. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, Essentially, that would have then effectively started his clock whenever this military service is completed. If, let's say in 2024 or 2025, Noah Song is now free of his service commitment, he is free to pitch for the whatever team, if the Red Sox would put him on the 40, he would immediately go back on the 40. So if that point comes at a point where the Red Sox are in a roster crunch, they would still have to clear a spot or they would have to drum mm-hmm. dump Song which would make them a free available, freely available talent to anyone else. Exactly. Or, and if they did, then they'd also start using options on as well. That's probably less important because if Noah Song uses a whole lot of options, I don't know what Noah Song is because he's probably not going to pitch until he's in his late 20s at the very earliest. Yes. But, so they decided not to take that risk. They decided to take the risk of leaving him unprotected, and the Phillies called them on it. The Phillies said, it's worth the risk. We're going to get a premium talent here at a very low cost, $100,000. Now, again, he doesn't have to sit on the 40-man now. This is another key part of this. Dave Dabrowski says, and I follow the logic here. I'm trying to confirm it with MLB. have not yet reached confirmation on this. But assuming he does not pitch in 23, which seems very likely, if he, had, if he pitched in 23, he has to stay on the active roster the whole year. You have to carry the player for the entirety of the year on the active 26-man roster unless he's hurt, right? But if he spends the entire year on the military service list, in 24, 25, 26, whatever year it is, he only has to spend 90 days on the active roster before you can send him down. Well, carrying a picture of Noah Song's talent at the back of a bullpen for three months is going to be easier than five and a half months. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's ready because you may just say he's 29, he's 30, he's 31, whatever. It's just make him a reliever. Sure. But even if you don't, it's not a big roster ask. And this is a guy, I mean, Jeff, the thing that stands out about this is this is a guy who was the probably the best pitcher at the Olympic qualifier, uh, up to 99, has a slider, has a changeup. It's a premium talent. He'll show a curveball, too. I mean, he's got yeah. two different breaking balls, and uh, stuff is legit. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of the more interesting rule five picks, I would even argue, in history. Um, kind of like a, a different scenario, but kind of like the Josh Hamilton pick that caused some gasps when he was yeah. picked. It was yeah, it was probably up there. I don't know if we had the full on gas, but under I think we had some more like, head. Oh okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh mm, yeah. 
So yeah, it was it was an interesting one. I didn't expect it to happen. I know someone had asked me about it early in the process, and I was like, I can't imagine anyone would take them because you'd have to carry them now. We didn't know about the military. We didn't know about the military. So now we know. Next time we'll get. I mean, when was the last time you would have even? We would have had to have been around in like the forties to know that. I feel. No, no, Vietnam. Vietnam. Okay, fair enough. No, actually, Willie Mays went on the military service list. Really? Mm -hmm. Because back then there was a universal draft during peacetime, and so you had a whole lot of players in the fifties who would lose time because they were drafted, you know, much like Elvis Presley. Nope, but random random history for the moment. But so okay. So those are the two craziest picks yeah. of the full five. What about let's say more conventionally? I you know, maybe this is the time for you to talk about Ryan Noda. <laughs> but but what about some of the more conventional picks? What, what was there another pick that stood out to you? Or another team that stood out to you? Um you know, uh, while you're looking, I'm it's funny. We, we had a lot of these picks what, we knew. Like, what, we talked about war. We talked about, I think I was interested by Sable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I'll say that, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. You are stealing my thunder, but that's okay. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. It was because you, and I was going to kind of kick it off to you. I guess it probably would give you time here then. Uh, Sable was a guy that kind of fits into that theory of someone who plays enough catcher, but other positions and can hit that he's interesting to whatever team takes him. So, if that was going to be your choice, then I'll let you go with it, and I'll look for one while no, uh, no, I, I, you speak on it. But I, I, but I thought, to me, like when we're looking at the most... It's the rule five. I could, I yeah. could pull another one out of my pocket. It's okay. Well, I think more traditionally, we have a bunch of different arms here that obviously were, were good and, and uh, you know, had strong numbers. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I think that's one of the more interesting picks because it was at four. He's a catcher. There's not a huge, a great history of catchers being picked. And but he's picked an outfielder slash catcher. That's exactly. That's the key part. But he's a guy that obviously plays other positions, uh, and with a 26-man roster, we, you particularly had wondered if you know that might be a player or the style of player um, that might go selected and potentially stick uh, if a team thinks they can, you know, have him fill in at some spots and provide some roster flexibility for him. So okay, I'll change up my pick a little bit, and and I'll go with the Marlins pick of Nick Enright, uh, right-hander from the Guardians. Not flashy, not sexy as much as some of the others. I would say if you said. Who's the sexy picks? It's probably Jose Hernandez, the uh, lefty with the Dodgers, or Gus Marlin. Gus mm-hmm. Marlin's a great pick that we talked about, I think, on maybe even talked about on our preview podcast because we both love Gus Marlin. But um, the, the reason I, I, that, that Enright stands out to me is, is he has – it's not overwhelming velocity, but it's plenty of life and carry. It's a fastball that can miss bats up in the zone. It's a slider that gets swings and misses and throws enough strikes, has a track record success, upper level of the minors – as I say over and over, key, key, key thing to me about the Rule 5 draft is don't draft Rule 5 players in the major league phase because you think they'll be good in five years. Don't. And the reason I say that is if you look at the entirety of the 21st century, it is effectively impossible to find an example of a player who in year one at the major league level, they're just overmatched, they're just not any good, but they stick around. And then three, four years down the late, down the road, they turn into a good player. Hmm. They at least have to be able to tread water at the major league level as a Rule Five rookie to have future big league success. It's, I mean, looking at every pick of the 21st century, it's almost universally true. Nick Enright is a player who, if he hadn't been picked by the Marlins, if he's healthy next year, I think he'd have pitched in the Guardians bullpen. I'm not hmm. saying. 
he would have been a guy with options, which that's the downside of being a reliever picked in the different, real five. Yeah, different thing. Is that you are now, there are no options. And teams love their relief pitchers to have options. As a pitcher, relief pitcher with options, the Guardians would have almost assuredly started him in AAA. And then it's like, oh, we need a guy now. He's up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't need a guy now. He's down. Oh, we need a guy. He's up. He would have been that. He's not going to be able to do that role with the Marlins and fulfill Rule 5 eligibility requirements. But what he can be is a guy who you look at, I, I also kind of look at in my mind, I kind of think of it as convincing the manager at the end of spring training, right? Like you've got to, it's not just the front office saying we're going to carry this guy. It's the manager and the staff saying this is how this guy fits on the roster. Nick Enright's not a difficult guy to make an argument that probably could fit on the roster because he's a pretty well-polished pitcher with upper-level minor league experience. Mm. This is the next logical step for him. It's not a player where you're saying, well, he was good in the high A. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. So, okay, so that's more conventional. But now let's have some real fun. Who's the player who wasn't taken that you think should have been and why? You know, I think I, I don't know if he should have been. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of guys you can throw into that conversation. Yeah. Um, Who's your top five? Who uh, <laughs> no. I'd say the main guy, though, is Adrian Hernandez. I was a little shocked he didn't go. Um, we had gotten a lot of buzz around him as a Rule 5 pick last year. Still pretty young. I think he's 22, maybe 23. It's an unusual profile. It's a change-up first profile. It's a low 90s fastball with a lot of ride. Uh, you know, curveball with depth. Um, so he kind of plays the north-south game. He kind of fit a lot of the guys that were picked. They had very similar profiles to him. He was a guy with some buzz. Um, you know, I think Toronto had anticipated they would lose him last year. I kind of figured that someone would take advantage of it this year. Uh, they did not. Uh, he wasn't picked. So I thought that was interesting. I kind of anticipated he would be a guy that someone would steal. But, you know, I, I guess not. And uh, Toronto was probably pretty happy. He's a guy that, uh, you know, is a top 30 prospect in that system. I'm going to go with Corey Jones. Out there at the Astros, made a change in his swing, really developed his power a year and a half ago. Hit 30 home runs, 31 home runs in AAA this past year. Uh, I mean, over he's not really a center fielder, but a, a capable, competent corner outfielder. Has you know, isn't isn't a stiff like I mean, he can run a little bit. He's not a speedster or anything like that, but he's. He's a reasonably well-rounded player, and I do think he's going to have a big league career uh, of some sort at some point. Now, again, he's a Rule 5. He's not a Rule 5 pick. There have been guys who've had these profiles before, usually in a little bit better home run parks, like Mark Payton is a guy who was a Rule 5 pick a few years ago, didn't stick, has made it to the majors, but he's kind of ended up being more of a guy who is really good at hitting 30 home runs in the minors. Um, But... I think Jolks could be better than that. I think Jolks is a guy who, you know, we. the thing about this is, is, and it's not a completely fair exercise, but it is always interesting to kind of put together the team of, of players who were overlooked in the Rule 5 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff McNeil is an example of a guy who was Rule 5 eligible and now, and also was Rule 5 eligible at a time where he had upper-level minor league experience. That's one that got away. Teoscar Hernandez was Rule 5 eligible. Um, I've got a list of these guys. Well, Davinsky was you know was good for a while. I think that's one's kind of losing a little bit of its potency. Max Muncy was Rule 5 yeah. eligible. So there are a number of these guys who do get overlooked and, and end up being something. I'm not saying Corey Jolks is going to be Max Muncy, but I do no. think 
he's an interesting prospect too to keep an eye on and see how he develops. I'll be even more interested now because this process of doing this has made me more of a Corey Jokes fan. And by the way, that's now where I'll go on a little tangent before we wrap this up. <laughs> I'm sorry, guy. Everyone listening, we're we are we are dragging. Oh yeah. <laughs> we are dragging. But a good dragging. A dragging because we've been happy dragging. We've been really busy with this and it kind of way you want to do it as best you can. But that's the fun part of this exercise too. Like one of the things I love about the Rule 5 draft is the exercise of trying to dig deep and find out about and find out more about all these players makes you in the fans of some of these players that you, I, again, I knew who Corey Jokes was. I remember him, you know, for several years. I remember in college, but I'm more of a Corey Jokes fan now because it's kind of, I didn't know before, before we started the Rule 5 preview, I knew he had a good year in AAA. I didn't kind of realize like how the switch flipped when he went from good contact hitter to good power hitter after a two-week trip to develop onto the developmental list. That That's kind of one of the things that clicked for me. That's one of the stories that I will remember, even if he wasn't taken in the Rule 5 draft. Um, but that's what we're doing. I mean, that's why I, I am so appreciative. We've had others who enjoy the Rule 5 draft, uh, you know, to some extent. I mean, I, I miss having John Manuel to bounce off, you know, Rule 5 uh, ideas on because – you know, he would he would humor my Rule Five fever very well. But that said, Jeff has the fever. Oh yeah, like Jeff wrote probably more of those reports than I did this year. I know he wrote. It, it took over like two weeks of my life at least. That's a good two weeks. It was. It was. It was a lot of good work, you know. And I th- I feel like I was even nervous. Like I'm actually tired nervous because I couldn't sleep last night. Like I, I would wake up every like forty five minutes thinking like, who did I miss? And of course, we did miss somebody that we had a name of. That's, that is always the frustrating thing. It happens every year. But, like, if we were being – realistically, we could have gotten to 13. Like, that's the thing that's frustrating is Jose Hernandez is the guy we should have gotten. Yes. That's one that I don't think without a question, that was the first guy we missed. And, like, we both said to each other pretty quickly, like, why did we miss that yeah. one? Like, he has the, the attributes to get He's there. a lefty that throws 100. That right there where <laughs> we should be good. We said Wilking Rodriguez. Okay, we're not gonna do that. Chris Clark. We could have got. Yeah, I think Clark was one we probably should have gotten. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think those are the ones that that uh, kind of sting a little bit. But in the end, you know, I'm still pretty proud of what we did. Uh, and we yeah. were up a lot of good players. Some guys that may, you know, prove to be uh, picks that should have been made. So we'll see about that. It will be fun to see. But we'll be back next week. Another Baseball America prospect podcast. But for now, I'm a very sleepy JJ Cooper. That's a very, I think, an even more tired and Jeff exhausted. Pond. An yeah. utterly exhausted Jeff Pond <laughs> getting ready to board a red, red eye. eye. <laughs> I, I have a, a, a 4 a.m. wake-up call myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that's, that's Jeff. I'm JJ. So long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.